Zaslow is hanging out for Ian tonight yeah. here on Amber and Ian, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Zaslow's show is how you find him. At Amber W Sports is how you find me, Amber Wilson. We have fixed the NBA All-Star Game. We took a bunch of phone calls earlier in the show. A lot of people had a lot of great ideas. If you missed anything here on Amber and Ian, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Raising the stakes is something that was a common theme with the phone calls. Different ways to do that. Some people Meaning want, you get home court advantage, right? Some people want home that. court advantage. Yeah, you like, like the idea of raising the stakes in terms of wild fun, just putting up the... I want, star- no. Well, uh, well, Rock and Jock's a good idea, but I, I want I want a tournament. I, I want a two-on-two, really a three-on-three tournament. I think three-on-three tournament's the way to go because all the participants are in the action all the time. Like, you can't hide and do nothing and walk up the floor and not get back on defense and cherry-pick the other side. You got a guy guarding a guy all the time. I, I think a three-on-three tournament... There's a level of pride involved there. You know, your your all-star starter in the East and the West, they pick their teammates. So, you know, he's the captain. I I would I would do like a mini tournament. That's I how think, I would do it. I just don't think that the guys, I don't think that is going to make them play harder. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe three on three. Maybe being out there with three guys instead of five guys. Let me go all the difference. But I just don't, I just don't see that. I could see everybody taking their foot off the gas pedal. In other words, the guys you're going against are also taking their foot off the gas pedal. So why are you going to play as hard? You know, everyone's kind of on the same page. None of us are really trying that hard. And that's kind of the theme of the all-star game itself. We had thrown out the idea of one-on-one, but you had mentioned that the players wouldn't do that because then there's an opportunity for embarrassment. Yep, they'll never do that. Today's NBA player, above all else, because this generation, social media's definitely got a lot to do with it, right, Amber? Where we love... We love to point and laugh at people's misfortunes, right? When people screw up, when people mess up, we point and laugh, and it becomes a whole thing. And if that's why guys don't want to do the slam dunk. They, they don't want to, to lose slash be embarrassed in an individual setting. Right. And so one-on-one against another NBA player leads to huge potential for embarrassment. They'll never do it. It's fair. I mean, I don't even know if it's that we want to laugh and make fun more than other generations. It's just that we actually can. (laughs) And the other generations didn't have the ability because you're going to go viral. These clips are going to live online forever and they're going to be mass distributed. And I can't tell you how many times I saw things this weekend where people weren't actually watching the all-star game or people weren't watching the dunk contest or people weren't watching the three-point contest or stuff, Sabrina, whatever it was, but they were consuming it online, Twitter, X, whatever it's called. TikTok, all that sort of stuff. And the NBA is very ripe as a sport for all that stuff as well. They always say that the NBA is one of the best sports in terms of the social media world, that the NBA is kind of a problem for the NBA because kids aren't necessarily tuning into actual NBA games. And yet at the same time, are as familiar than ever with the actual product and the players because they're consuming it via TikTok. They're consuming it in snippets. They're consuming highlight reels. They're not actually tuning in, though, to watch the action in full length. So it's an interesting thing about the direction of basketball. I do understand why, though, navigating all of that, if you're a player, you'd be a little bit more concerned about doing something embarrassing, and one-on-one would certainly play into that. I just think that they should get crazy and do the rock and jock type thing when somebody called in Uh, and and mentioned that. That I, mean, I, I didn't appreciate Dan Cortez catching a stray from that call early. I didn't appreciate that, but I, I, I think Rock and Jock's a great idea. So, which is MTV for those of you who don't oh, remember. Yeah. Uh, I didn't remember until Zazlo jogged my memory. 
But if I we looked could forward take- to that every year, Amber. MTV Rock and Jock was can't miss. You had all the VJs. Sometimes you had musicians. You had uh, former NBA players. You got uh, you got all kinds of celebrities. There was no such thing as a YouTuber back then, all right, kids. And uh, MTV <laughs> Rock and Jock. There was there was no internet. Al Gore had not invented the internet yet. <laughs> it, it, there was it was so much fun that Rock and Jock game. And then when that there was two minutes left in the half, and that twenty five point basket came down from the rafters, and the music would play. It was like scary music. And the twenty five foot uh, a twenty five point basket would come down, and dudes are chucking it up twenty five feet, and they would make it. Sometimes you know a, a couple of them would be made, but that's how you were never out of a game, Amber. You'd be able to come from behind with 125 points shot you're right back in the game when you were getting blown out that sounds fun I think we should do that Zazzle mentioned that there was a 50 point basket oh yeah after a few years 25 points shot you know got a little tired you got to spice it up a little bit and then there was a 50 point basket how tall is the 50 point basket 50 feet stop it's really 50 feet above the floor it was really high yes did anybody ever make that oh yeah 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 and the best part about it was when they would shoot on the 50-point one, if they would make it because the baskets were all lined up, it would go through all three hoops on the way down. That's amazing. It was Adam, so cool. Adam, me and Silver, me and Adam Silver, first name basis. Adam, Adam, listen up. Look into this. This sounds fun. This is the way to fix your NBA All-Star game. So that's what needs fixing. What I don't think needs fixing is Steph and Sabrina, which was not the brainchild of the NBA. It was the brainchild of Steph Curry and Sabrina Inescu. I'm telling you, but I, that- I, let me just interrupt for one quick second. Just, just people out there, you listen, go onto YouTube and, and just, just Google Rock and Jock, all right? And you'll, you'll see the 25-foot hoop or the 25-point basket, the 50-point basket. Oh, you'll, get, you'll, you'll get swallowed through a rabbit hole, all right? You're welcome. <laughs> so Steph and Sabrina is a part of the NBA All-Star Weekend that does not need fixing. In fact, we need more of it. Yeah. And then the question is, how do you get more of it? Because it ends up being fun. It plays out perfectly. And I was so nervous going into this thing. I didn't want it to happen. Felt like Sabrina Nescu, like she was she was out there shooting for all of womankind. Felt like that was a lot oh, yeah. on her shoulders. I didn't want misogyny guy to make an appearance. If she didn't end up beating See, Steph Curry. I told, you, told you women shouldn't even be on the same floor as men. Excellent representation of misogyny guy. Yeah. You know, get back in the kitchen. Make me a sandwich. Why That's is she making guy. Steph Curry a sandwich for when he gets done playing a man's game? The, yeah, it is misogyny guy to a T. And I was afraid he was going to make an appearance. He didn't actually really get to, even no. though Sabrina lost this thing by three points because... She beat every other dude who actually participated in the three-point contest. She was awesome. And Steph Curry had to beat everybody across the NBA and across Sabrina, of course, to actually win this thing. She was awesome. He was awesome. It was a lot of fun. We need more of it, Daz. Well, and, and okay, so you noticed he has a championship belt for this competition. Now, now once I saw a belt, obviously – Anytime I see a belt, I, I think you should have to defend it, all right? If you walk around with a belt, you should have to defend your belt at any given moment, all right? But once I see him with the belt, I'm like, okay, we could do something with this. This should be a thing. Now, obviously, it, it really seems like George Sedano put them on the spot right away with the game being in San Francisco next year. Are, are we going to run it back? And they're both like, yeah, we definitely <laughs> want to run it back. So Sedano kind of threw that on Adam Silver's lap. So it seems like that's happening for sure, that we're getting Curry-Yonescu 
part two, but there are so many places you can go with this. Obviously, Caitlin Clark, that's a no-brainer. Get her involved at some point. But the way that I want to see it, I want he's got a championship belt. He's He needs to defend this every single year. There needs to be somebody who who challenges him every single season. Not a current NBA player because that's what the three-point shootout is for. If you're a current NBA player, go to the three-point contest. Win it. Now, Steph Curry's above that because he's the greatest shooter ever. But somebody else, it could be a WNBA player or it could be a former player. What if Reggie Miller says, guess what? I'm back. I'm taking that title from you. And Reggie Miller, he challenges Steph Curry that night. What You don't think that would be cool as heck? So now it's not battle of the sexes. So is Sabrina yeah. still involved in this or no? Now we're doing a whole separate thing. Not every year. We can't do Steph Curry versus Sabrina Nescu every single well, year. You could, do, you could always do an NBA player versus a WNBA player every year. Yeah, it could I mean, be if, Dame if she's a Caitlin big enough name in yes, two years, she, yeah, if she's a big enough name, sure, that'd be cool. But it could also be former players, you know. I don't, I don't hate that idea. Uh, I don't think any former players. You tell are me, you don't want to see have it. You don't want to see Ray Allen say, "Hey, I still got him to take that title from you, Steph." I mean, I don't think. Yeah, sure, great. I, I and would then love when to Steph Curry that, is about to shoot Ray the last Allen shot, would have a, if Steph Curry's going to shoot the last shot where he's if Steph's going to shoot the last shot where he's going to beat him. Then Ray Allen, he takes a steel chair, he hits him in the back with it. Oh, <laughs> okay, and, and, now, and then he wins the title. Uh huh. Right. Okay. And now, and now I understand why you like the belt so much. Now it all makes sense. I'm watching the 25 foot rim. By the way, I just watched a whole uh, video of it. Ro- don't you want Rock and Jock? Nobody could. Nobody could hit it on this it's Rock hard. and Jock. I and nobody could. Hit, but it's like Flavor Flav and stuff. I'm watching. Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would love this. It would be so fun to watch. With NBA players. And obviously, so like, you can't shoot it from the three-point lines too far. They're all shooting, like, runners, like, from mm-hmm. like from the free-throw line almost to try and get the momentum to get up to that 25-point basket. But come on, the stakes are high. When, when that basket comes down, whoo! They're all going for it, too. They're all going for the 25 yeah. points. Some of the 25-point, uh, they're going for the 25-point. Some of them land in the regular basket instead yeah. when I mean, they're Amber, going up for the 25-pointer. It's Amber, cool because baskets that- are stacked right on top of each yeah. other. Yeah. Amber, you're watching that Rock and Jock. How much harder are they playing there than the All Star game? Well, yeah, they are. So much, but harder. it's I, it's they are. But it's also baskets. It's also fun. I think you got to make this thing fun, man. Like the Pro Bowl, like the NFL did with the Pro. They're like, forget the football, uh, bleep it. We're just going crazy. Let's just make this thing fun. And I think that that's what the NBA has to find a way to do as well. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian Saslow fill in, and it seems like people are getting sick of Doc Rivers making excuses. We'll get into that next on ESPN Radio. Well, congratulations. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. When they called, I said, I don't understand why you're doing this. And they said, well, it doesn't matter. We've done it. And we want you. And so that was a tough one. That's where you had the hesitation. Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. There's never <laughs> accountability with that guy. Your best years were under him. It's just very ironic and kind of weird that you have this energy towards him in terms of him never, ever being accountable, considering he's always been responsible. It's been a disappointing start of the Doc Rivers era in oh, Milwaukee. So? He was supposed to fix the defense, Zaslow. Remember that? They well, can't play defense in Milwaukee. Doc Rivers was supposed to be the answer. The defense has actually been better. It's the offense that is terrible now these last 10 games. They can't get it together, these Milwaukee Bucks. So a disappointing start as Doc Rivers as the head coach. And it's going to come with some criticism, of course, because you've got Giannis, you've got Dame, and you've got championship expectations there in Milwaukee. Well, Doc Rivers, as you just heard on the intro, he's been full of the excuses of reasons. I think at one point it was like the altitude in Utah and then oh, it was... the, the travel schedule and back to back and we got to the hotel late and, and your food was cold I mean give me a break yeah and, it, and he blames his players I mean he's been very critical of his players of them just not putting in the effort that needs to be put in well yeah right before the all-star break right it was uh you know our, our effort out there we, we it's like we had already checked into Cabo and okay fine doc then take out the game when they were already checked into Cabo. You're three and six in the other games. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to say three and seven, you're three and six then before the team checked out for Cabo. Like, come on. And even even that clip right there that we heard in the intro, he he's talk. Have you ever heard a coach who who so far is not having any success with with a, a team that you know has got major stars? He's questioning the front office now. He was questioning. And he said they called me. And I said, what are you doing? Why are you letting go? You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be letting go of Adrian Griffin. Like, he's questioning the front office now. Like, I told you it was not a good idea to go Which with Which is me. hilarious because he was an advisor to the team, and we all theorized that he got Adrian Griffin fired <laughs> so that he could take that job. I mean, there was a lot of that, the theorizing of that it's behind the scenes. Every, and, and now Doc's saying, no, they shouldn't. Why would you get rid of the guy yep. who was, what was he, 30 and 13 or whatever he was yeah. uh, when when he had a winning record? And he, why would you get rid of that guy? All right, so Notice, he didn't it, say it wasn't a good idea when he got the job. Now they're 3-7 right. and seven, they're struggling. Hey, guys, by the way, I told you this was not a good idea. Right. I can't be held responsible. I tried to tell you that this wasn't a good move. J.J. Redick, he used to play for Doc Rivers, ESPN's NBA analyst, was on first take today. And boy, did he not mince words about his former coach. Here is J.J. Redick. 
I, I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no. <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. I mean, a week and a half ago, the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler or Terry Rozier. They beat him by 26. You know, JJ's right. JJ and I have never been more on the same page. JJ's right. It's always the excuse machine. It's always somebody else's fault. He's never the one who's the issue. You've been saying this for years about Doc Rivers. I mean, now you and I have been a little, I mean, when we were on local Miami radio, obviously, maybe not the biggest Doc Rivers fan in the world. the Boston thing, of course. Of course, because there's a rivalry there and where he won his championship. But that championship was in 2008, Zaslow. 2008. It was so long ago. And I've never seen anybody ride success longer and harder off of a singular championship that was forever ago than Doc Rivers has. He's one of the most highly decorated coaches in NBA history. It was a championship. I don't think, well, first of all, that 2008 Celtic team, uh, there is no champion in the history of sports that thinks more of themselves for winning a championship than that Boston Celtic team Go on. in 2008. All right, that, that's Preach. just facts on facts. I think, that's, I think that's what the kids say, facts on facts. And Doc Rivers, I, I mean, there. I don't think there's a coach, Amber, who has ever done less with more. Than Doc Rivers. That's Let's fair. Less with more. That's everywhere fair. He, does... he has been. He he has superstars everywhere he is coached. Look up and down the list. Philadelphia most recently. Obviously those Clipper teams where JJ Reddick played on as well. Mm-hmm. He always has teams with big time players, and he loves to blow a 3-1 lead. Yeah, he he lo- more more times than anybody else in NBA history and he absolutely has the talent and once again he's in a position where he has the talent. The talent is monstrous and you're expected to win championships if you have that level of talent. Austin Rivers, ESPN's NBA analyst. He was on NBA today and he was offered an opportunity to respond to JJ Reddick's comments about his father. Here is Austin Rivers. First off, I don't feel responsible to take off for my dad. He's a grown man. He could do his own thing. Uh, but in this regard, I just simply don't agree with it. Um, for someone who's not accountable, he seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't go right. <laughs> he got fired in the bubble uh, for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team didn't want to be there. They had players saying that their mind wasn't there. He had guys leave. That happened. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. It seems like he's always responsible. It's just it's strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. <laughs> it's just your best years were with the Clippers. I don't think he saved your career. I appreciate you, Pat. But this just seems a little bit weird. They're, they're 3-7. and seven. Dame's missed most of those games. Middleton's missed a lot of those games. They haven't even had their full team yet. We'll see what happens. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. But in terms of accountability, like what, what are we doing here? Your best years in the NBA were when you played for him in the Clippers. Let's not forget that. I don't know if there's like frustration there or there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you towards the end of the game due to defensive reasons, but you had your best years as a starter there, especially our whole system was drafted around you because you're a shooter. You're not a guy who could put the ball on the floor. You were a strictly shoot guy. You're not like Clay Thompson or Steph who could put the ball on the floor. You were a guy who could catch and shoot, and you did it at a high level. Hell of a career, by the way. Big fan. But your best years were under him. It's just very ironic and kind of weird 
that you have this energy towards him in terms of him never, ever being accountable, considering he's always been responsible. That was like assassin level insult J.J. Reddick while not really sounding like you're insulting J.J. Reddick, frankly. The way that Austin Rivers handled that, I thought, I mean, I applaud him for how he handled it, taking up for his father. I don't agree with it because I don't think J.J. Reddick was making it about himself, though. I don't think J.J. Reddick was saying anything about his own career under Doc Rivers or otherwise. He was saying that Doc never takes accountability. And we're talking about this situation, obviously, the current situation with Milwaukee. There is a major difference between your employer holding you accountable and you holding yourself accountable. The, your employer firing you, holding you responsible does not mean that you are holding yourself accountable. They're two completely different things. One doesn't have anything to do with the other. And yes, Doc's employers have, ha- have found him to be accountable, responsible, while he has not found himself to be accountable. As far as the J.J. Reddick part, wouldn't you also think that, like, yes, J.J. had his best years as a pro under Doc Rivers with the Clippers and also with Philadelphia. So considering that information... Wouldn't that make J.J.'s opinion even more valuable considering he was really good under this coach but is also able to give you an opinion of how this coach is in the wrong? Like, he's, he's not favoring the coach who he had his best years under. To me, that makes J.J.'s opinion even more valuable in this situation I tend to agree with you because we have a lot of analysts on our network that have a really hard time saying anything negative about the teams that they played for or the coaches that they played for in an analyst role right because that's where they spent their best years but you heard from JJ Reddick I don't think that he's accounting for himself there like he's taking it more of an objective approach to hey I can still I have so. this critique of Doc regardless of what I did under a doc. Coming up next, we'll find out what is a big deal and what's not a big deal on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Little John party headed your way. We are kind of working on the night shift here at Amber and Ian Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. When Jonathan Zaslow is here, we steal segments from him. That's right. And the next one was long ago the brainchild of Jonathan Zaslow. Oh, yeah, However, man. when I came to ESPN Radio from a local show that Zaz and I used to do in Miami, I stole it right out from under him. I brought it here to ESPN. It became- and you didn't even tell. Like, I was listening to you one night, 
and you start doing big deal or not a big deal. I'm like, you, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> because it was our thing. Uh, it was Zazzler's thing for many years, even before I teamed up with him on local radio. Well, here's the thing, Zazzler. You get somewhere fancy like ESPN, you gotta pitch ideas. You know, you gotta seem like, you gotta impress the bosses. You gotta seem like you're bringing something to the table. So I and, brought. And, and by the way, it. by the way, it wasn't even, you weren't even trying to hide it. Like, I've seen this before. Like, I've seen on NFL Network before where it'll come up on the television and the segment will be called Big Deal or No Big Deal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're not fooling me, all right? I know where you got this from. You just straight up big deal or not a big deal. Straight not trying to cover it up, just out there in plain sight. So I have done it with many other people uh, now. I have cheated on you many times with big deal, not a big deal. But yeah. now you and I are reunited once again. I'm back, to, baby. <laughs> to, do it, to do it together. Let's, let's play big deal, not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and Ian? And our producer, James Steele, who claims to have come yeah, up with this segment. So to recap, though. this is a uh, totally... Original segment that I personally That's came up with. That's a LeBron, is what that is. What? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did See? debut a glorious new segment earlier in the show. LeBron or LeBron? No, truth, truth or LeBron? Truth or LeBron? Come on, I think get it right. Be LeBron or LeBron? Whatever. We're still workshopping it. Truth or LeBron? That it's, it's if you missed it was excellent. Definitely check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Go ahead, Jake. The shop is closed up on that one. That okay, was a fine. great segment. But fine, I lost. Truth or LeBron? Yeah. Got it. Come on. All right, uh, so let's uh, do my other very original segment called Big Deal, Not a Big Deal. Uh, Matthew Slater, who holds the NFL record for most special teams Pro Bowl appearances with 10, announced his retirement Tuesday after 16 seasons. Quote, I am given it all I possibly can to respect and honor the game, Slater wrote in a social media post shared by the Patriots. Though it is time for my relationship with the game to evolve, the love I have for it will last a lifetime. That's a big deal, not a big deal that uh, the Patriots are saying goodbye to Matthew Slater. Yeah, I'll go big deal. Matthew Slater had, a, I mean, a Pro Bowl, all-pro type career as a special teams ace. It's rare that those guys get the type of notice that he has throughout his career. Seems like a good dude as well. Obviously a, a really great career. And it's the, it's the kind of thing, like, like, you wouldn't think so, but when the time comes, he is someone who's going to get Hall of Fame recognition. Like, the thought will be thrown out there because you're going to talk about, is he the greatest special teamer ever? And, okay, if he's the greatest ever at a position in the game, then maybe there's Hall of Fame consideration to be had there. So, yeah, I'm going to go big deal. He, I think, is – he might only be – the last remaining – player on the Patriots who had won three Super Bowls there. Uh, he got yep. drafted there yeah, in 2008. Yeah, he was, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, 38 years old. He played uh, 239 games for New England in that time. Ten-time Pro Bowler. Ten yeah. times. Two-time yeah. first-team All-Pro. Three-time second-team All-Pro. I mean, unbelievable career for a dude who was a fifth-rounder and a special That's teamer. That's like a Hall so, of yeah. Fame resume. It really it is. is. Absolutely a Hall of Fame resume. It is a big deal that he retired. Uh, speaking of winning three Super Bowls, you guys also know the, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl? Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? I'm just, I'm, I'm just, you brought it up, so I just figured I would mention hey! it. Yeah, they liked it. See, uh, the coin that helped determine the fate of Super Bowl 58 can now be all yours because the NFL has just put put it uh, up for auction. There are currently 19 bids for the 
the coin that was flipped in overtime? I'd give a dollar. The highest being $10,000. Amber, big deal, not a big deal, that you could buy the coin from the overtime coin flip for about ten thousand dollars. I mean, now. what is the point of this? What is I? You know what? People collect all sorts of things. I will say, if you're going, you're a to collector. Collect, what are you talking about? You're, that is you're true. one of us. I, I well, yeah, kind stop of. it. Uh, shout out to Cards HQ if you're the in Atlanta area. Uh, go check it out. World's you're largest welcome. card store owned by my brother. Uh, however, I will say, when it comes to coins that you're going to own from coin flips, this is probably the one to own, Zaslow, because. This coin flip actually amounted to something. This overtime coin flip ends up mattering. Obviously, ends up being decision of all time from the 49ers that we talked about for two straight weeks after it happened. So, sure, I guess it's a big deal. I'd offer a dollar. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going not a big deal. You got one on it? Yeah, not even he, five on it? Here's you a just dollar. got one on it? Yeah, I'd be like, here's a dollar. Do you want to give me that coin? No? All right. Keep the dollar. Whatever. <laughs> so, if you guys are looking for a gift for me for my... Birthday right, or yeah. Christmas, mm-hmm. you can go ahead and, and bid on that. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was that was mean. Uh, all right, so up next, uh, it, we're we're gonna get uh, EA Sports College Football twenty five, uh, and one of the biggest co- uh, questions surrounding the new college football game names has an answer. Notre Dame will be in the game, though will it or won't it back and forth in the school allowing its markings to be used in the game have been a discussion for almost two years since the video game company announced it was going to restart the popular franchise, in part because of the school's feelings towards name, image, and uh, likeness rules. On Tuesday, Notre Dame said it would participate in the game, which is expected to come out this summer. Zaz, big deal, not a big deal, Notre Dame in college football 25. I'm going not a big deal. Nobody cares about Notre Dame. Are we getting names on the back of the players' jerseys at this point? Right, that's what I want to know, because that's what's going to cost you crazy amounts of money yeah. is having to pay all the players now because you used to be able to just steal their likenesses yeah. and exploit it. And you can't do that anymore. EA used to pay the schools to be able to exploit the players' likenesses. Now you have to actually, you know, pay the people whose likenesses. Nobody cares utilizing. about Notre Dame. I want to know about the players. I'm guessing the answer is no, because I can't find it anywhere right now. Uh, so it so feels like not a big deal to me. And also I agree with Zaslo. I never care very much about Notre Dame. Nobody so cares about deal. Notre Dame. Nobody cares. Well, some people care about Notre Dame. The Golics, for example. Go ahead. Jake. Yeah, I'm just glad you didn't call me a nerd for bringing up a video game like you usually do. Uh, Double A baseball team, the Akron Rubber Ducks, announced uh, today the mystery bobblehead giveaway on September 14th will be of Akron native Brian Windhorst. The first 1,000 <laughs> fans for the Rubber Ducks, 6.05 p.m. game against the Hartford Yard Goats on September 14th. We'll receive a Brian Windhorst bobblehead. Zaz, big deal, not a big deal. I'm going to go big deal. That's actually pretty awesome. I mean, minor league teams are really fun when it comes to stuff like this, giveaways, theme nights, and as you can tell, the names of their teams, the Rubber Ducks. So I'm, I'm going big deal. That's a fun promotion. Is Wendy going to go make an appearance First there? pitch, maybe? He's got to. How can you not make an appearance if they're giving away Better bobbleheads throw it on that rubber. of you? This is a big deal. Bobblehead. Somebody make an Amber Wilson bobblehead. That's a collector edition. Yeah, I, I think I need a Brian Windhorst bobblehead. Like, are they gonna, you don't have a minor league team here in Sarasota. Akron's a long ways Oriole, away. Spring training. Get on it. <laughs> Amber Wilson bobbleheads. All right. Um, up next, during this, uh, I mean, Zaz is here, so go on. I have to work this in. Go on. During know. this week's episode we of Monday wrestling? Night Raw. Ugh. Samantha Irvin took her microphone to the barricade and introduced 
to the Anaheim crowd, Michael Chandler, a fighter yeah. from the UFC. Uh, he's been trying to get a fight with Conor McGregor for some time now, and he straight up took the microphone from her and cut a promo challenging Conor McGregor uh, to a fight to make it happen. Zaz, big deal, not a big deal. Michael Chandler uh, challenges Conor McGregor. Is this yeah. wrestling or, or UFC? Oh, okay, yes, so here's both. what's going on. Here's what's going on, Amber Wilson. So because TKO owns WWE and UFC, we're sometimes going to get some crossover action. And so Monday Night Raw last night, you had Michael Chandler, who was in the front row, Samantha Irvin, ace ring announcer, gave him the microphone. Hey, you know, welcome. Michael Chandler's here in attendance. He took the microphone, and he, he caught one of those promos where the UFC fighters love to challenge another big fighter to set up the big money fight. And he challenged Conor McGregor last night. At, he called him out to fight him. I don't know, UFC 300? Is that what he, where he wants to fight him? He called him Conor out McGregor's to fight him. still big money fights, huh? Definitely, definitely. So he called him out to fight him. So I'm going big deal. I think that's cool that they could do crossover stuff like that. Amber, it's obviously, just say it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Go ahead. Yeah, this is not a big deal. I don't know what any of this means. I don't know who any of these people are. You don't know who Conor McGregor is? I do, unfortunately. I know who he is. Yeah, it's a big deal. Of course it's a big deal. Uh, All right, I got one more. Uh, Adele finally explained why she was making such a goofy face at the NBA All-Star game a couple years back. And apparently it has... Everything to do with the film crews defying her wishes. The singer got into the story over the weekend at her Vegas residency and explained what's become one of the most famous memes. You've seen it by now. The camera cuts to her sitting courtside, but she's awkwardly looking around, avoiding making eye contact. Dell says an NBA film crew on hand had asked ahead of time if it'd be okay to record her during the broadcast, and she said no. She really doesn't like being famous and was content with her boyfriend, Rich Paul, doing the schmoozing Amber, big deal, not a big deal that Adele explained the meme. Uh, This is not a big deal because this is what Adele does. Uh, Adele is very personable and very open in her show in Las Vegas. I went to it. It was very, very cool. That's the coolest part of it. First of all, obviously, she's unbelievably spectacular. And she's spectacular live. I mean, it's ridiculous. She sounds recorded. Nevertheless, in the show itself and all the theatrics and everything that's involved. But she does a lot of story time. Zaslow and so she tells a lot of stories explains a lot of things a lot of the things like why she wrote such and such song where she got this idea from that kind of stuff which is cool but I'm not surprised that she ends up revealing that story when I was there as well she referenced her boyfriend and Rich Paul she said that she's like forced to be a Cavs fan because of him but otherwise she wouldn't really have a team you know that kind of thing um so you get an insight from her on a famous meme of Adele that has been circulating the internet now for a long time where she looks like she's protesting the NBA. Like she looks wildly uninterested to be there. And it's because she was annoyed that the camera crew was filming her when she had asked them not to actually film her in that scenario because she didn't want to be the center of attention in that scenario, which is also very Adele because Adele is known for not enjoying being famous. She just happens to be very, very good at singing. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like Adele, number one? And I'm going not a big deal. She's Obviously, the camera has to be on her when she's doing a show, and it's about her music. But if she's just enjoying an event the same way any other paying customer would, why does she have to be a part of the whole production? So I'm going not a big deal. She's just supporting her boyfriend in Rich Paul. That's all she's trying to do. And so she wasn't necessarily trying to make it about her. Uh, But there you go. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow is filling in for Ian tonight. The NBA All-Star Game was a mess. We came up with a lot of ideas, a lot of ways to fix it. We'll get into that and plenty more here on ESPN Radio. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Zazzle, you strike me as a guy who didn't always study the hardest. Oh, wow. I'm not sure why I have that impression Because I was naturally brilliant, right? That's why. That's what I meant. That's exactly what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, so you are right. You have me pegged to a T. That you didn't have to. I mean, you yeah. did go to University of Florida. Excellent school, by That's the way. Right. Excellent, excellent school. Came so you couldn't have gotten in there without doing uh, any studying. Oh, yeah. But I also don't know uh, if, if we're rocket scientists over here. So I, there are times that I would imagine both you and I maybe uh, took our little break from studying, kind of mailed it in a little bit, maybe with the courses that we are better at. Well, Giannis Antetokounmpo seems to be doing that with the course that he's best at. And that Zaslow is basketball. (laughs) So while most basketball players spend a whole lot of time studying the game, Giannis spends zero. Apparently here is the Bucks forward. I just in general do not watch basketball. So stats, highlights, how people play, I have no idea, and I, I love it, you know? I love it when I go to the game. I have no idea who I'm playing and what they do. Makes it harder. Okay. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive okay. Zazzle filling in for Ian tonight. Okay, so we, we did a little game that we called Truth or LeBron earlier when we went through LeBron James LeBron James. I think we could do that same game with Giannis. We'd have to come up with a different name from it because I don't believe for a second, Zazlo. That Giannis Antetokounmpo is not studying film and playing the game at the highest level. I would imagine that he's studying the opponents that he is facing. Now, could I believe that Giannis isn't firing up league pass on a night that he has off and not tuning in to games on the reg like LeBron James does, who famously tweets out all the time when he's obviously just sitting around his house watching basketball because he's obsessed with it and loves it? Could I believe that's not every dude in the league? Yes. Do I believe Giannis at the level Giannis plays at, isn't studying film? No. Okay, this is a LeBron because, James, if you could play the clip one well, more time. It can't be a LeBron. It's Giannis. It's y- yeah, be it's... a Giannis or something. Uh, uh, okay. It, it, play the clip for Linus. me. 
Play the, it's a Linus. Play the clip for me one more time here, James. Go ahead. I just, in general, do not watch basketball. So stats, highlights, how people play, I have no idea. And I, I love it, you know? I love it when I go to the game. I have no idea who I'm playing and what they do. Makes it harder. Okay, so you, that, the very end there, he's propping himself up there. He's telling you he likes to go in blind. The game's too easy for him, so this makes it harder. I mean, it's specific. That's what he just said. This makes it harder. It's like he, he needs the challenge. If he studies film and he knows everyone's tendencies, it's too easy for him. So he, so he doesn't so that he can be surprised, and it's a challenge for him. The first part, though, I'm totally on the same page as you where he doesn't get home and put on the West Coast game that's on League Pass to fall asleep to when he's winding down at the end of the night. And I can actually believe that. There, Look, are there nights where if I'm not working, do I always have to be watching sports here in the Zaslow Mansion? No. There are some nights I just want to wind down. I want to do something different. So I totally get that part of what Giannis is saying. But the back end there, he is so full of it. He's trying to tell you. That, well, I'm sorry. He's tr- he's so full of it. Where he's trying to tell you that he doesn't watch in part because he likes the challenge. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't. So it's like a thing with some of these players now, where we're like Jokic. You know, I don't actually like basketball. I just like my horses. All I care about is my horses. I think I don't he's need the championship the parades. I I just I like the horses. Is it? Is it? This is like a thing now that we do, though. With this generation well, of basketball parade? players, which by when's the way, parade? No, no, Thursday. No, no, I gotta go home. I have to go home. <laughs> which, by the way, probably does not over- help the overall image problem that we have with the NBA a little bit. That these guys don't actually want to play. Come basketball. see the so Nuggets. Our star helping. player hates being here. You should come. And this feels a little bit like that with Giannis too, right? This is Giannis. I don't actually enjoy basketball. I don't watch basketball. I'm no, not like I you people tuning no, into the basketball I, game. I don't. No, I don't get that impression there. I, I just think that his downtime is his downtime. That he he doesn't need his entire life to be basketball. I, but I mean, I think said, he likes he basketball very look, much. He said he doesn't even look at the stats. Right. Or watch the highlights. He likes to completely go into games flying that blind. He doesn't know who anybody is. He doesn't know what anybody does. That is he doesn't not true. Know. Amber, what do you think's happening when they're having their film session at shoot around? They're having their film session at shoot around, and I understand. Look, I don't know what Doc Rivers is up to. They're three and seven, but when they have their film session at shoot at shoot around, you tell me Giannis is exempt? He's not even showing up. (laughs) I mean, come on, he's turning away from the screen as they're going through film. Here, Giannis, uh, uh, over here, please, uh, paint the. The board right here, this is all the information you need for the game tonight. Yeah, and, and Giannis is like, no, 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 coach, I, I like being surprised. I don't want right. to Right, I don't want to know who we're playing even. The scouting reports that they get before these games that have every stat in the entire universe on them, I would imagine that they're handed has all of the yeah. analytics. He doesn't look at it. There's none of that. There's no, and now, no one and now, making Giannis go through this. And now late in the game when Giannis is guarding a guy one-on-one, the guy drives left and scores. The, the announcer would be like, yeah, well, we, we know why he didn't know he was going to drive left. He doesn't really you know, <laughs> he doesn't look at the film. Yeah, now he we doesn't know. know that guy always drives left. It's not surprising. <laughs> he likes to eat. It makes it harder. If you were, if this was true, and you were a Bucks fan, you would be so annoyed. Because no if this true. was true, it would mean it would mean that Giannis could be out here winning every NBA championship. Instead, he decides to lose in five in the first round because he wants it to be harder. Well, that's why twenty twenty one was even more impressive. They won the championship, and LeBron didn't have I mean, LeBron. Giannis didn't have a clue about the scouting report. He just went out there and won four there. straight just... games against the Suns in the finals. He had no. He didn't even Winged know it. who plays for the Suns. He was shocked when he saw Chris Paul out there. 
You had no idea. These comments, by the way, I believe were in reference to Wemby because he goes on and saying, you know, I don't, I know, I don't watch any Wemby. I know nothing about Wemby. I didn't watch any Wemby. And I think he was trying to imply that he didn't watch any of Wemby before Wemby got to the league, which that I understood that I could like, I can actually believe that maybe you're not actually worried about what's coming next. And so you're not gonna be firing up when Minyama game film from France, right? Like I, I do believe some semblance of that. I do believe he's not watching these games maybe on league pass. If he doesn't, there's like zero chance that he doesn't now study the film of Wemby. How surprised right? you think he was when Dame? How surprised do you think he was Damian Lillard's first practice of the Bucks? Like, man, you could shoot. You're good. <laughs> I had no idea you were a shooter. I've never seen a highlight of Damian. You, you good at threes? Let me see. Can you imagine if he knew nothing about anybody? He was yeah, he just out know. there winging it the whole time. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He just we, he we needs traded it to be for harder. Dam- we trade for Damian Lillard. Is he good? The, the game comes that easy yeah. to Giannis. He, he needs it to be harder. So he's got to let the surprise of it all. That's what go ahead, that's right. goes ahead and makes it interesting to him. Otherwise, he'd be too right. prepared. He'd be yeah. too good. There'd be he'd, no he'd doubt. He'd win the championship every year. He's trying every to even things out. Every single year. He'd waltz to an NBA title. It'd be too easy for him. That's right. So he's got to make it difficult so that he gets bounced in the first round.